It is Locked On Jazz for the 30th of January. Walker Kessler's now started nine games. Let's take a check-in on his impact and what's taking place. Rumors, rumors, and more rumors as we're now 10 days away from the trade deadline. What names are being mentioned and what does it mean for the Utah Jazz? And it's a Monday Trends check-in. That's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thanks so much for being a part of our group. And joining us each and every day, we are available on all podcasting apps. We're available on YouTube. You can follow and subscribe and be a part of our jazz community. And you can hit that bell to be notified every single time we put something up on YouTube. Please do. Greatly appreciate five-star reviews. A great. I used to do something where we'd kind of take a second and thank five-star reviews. I should go back to that. Appreciate you guys for... Uh, all the support and what you've done for this program. All right, uh, we have a wild thing here with three days off. Um, I might do an interview coming up this week with a locked-on NBA draft person to um, check in and um, kind of get a landscape of where the draft is. We kind of were also focused on it. Now I think we're also focused on whether or not the Jazz make a move and what the trades are and things like that. So, but I might take a, a second, probably talk to Leaf Tulin um, or one of the other guys on the who do great work on that Locked On NBA Draft Show uh, this week, if that's something of interest to you. Uh, all right, let's get to it. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Walker Kessler has now started nine games. And we could back this up a little bit. Like, you try to look at Walker and Will Hardy, as I've said, I thought, put him in the deep end of the pool. First of all, Will Hardy just started him. He just played you know, is right about. Then right about, I'd say December, Will Hardy goes and puts Walker Kessler in the deep end of the pool, but he puts floaties on him. Then right about December 19th, we go to Cleveland. He has to start and he ends up playing over 20 minutes in all, but kind of three games in there. And then in three games in there, he, he kind of seems like he hit the rookie wall and he wasn't as effective and he plays. But then coming out of that, they, they Kelly Olenek gets hurt. Now they just, it's time. Like they just throw him back to the deep end. So there's two areas where I could have done this research. One was to kind of back it up and start it right around December 20th. Um, we're in Detroit. We're in Cleveland, that whole area. Or the other would be to start it on January 10th when he makes his start. So once 20 games... And the others, nine games. And so it was kind of a hard sample size. But um, I, I looked at the nine games for now. And I might quickly change it here um, as we're on the fly. You might get a little... I'm kind of doubting it. You guys get this from me every now and then. Um, so since the nine games in which Walker Kessler has started for the Utah Jazz, and you know, let's be perfectly clear, this sample size is pretty poor. Um, it's nine games. The Jazz defense now ranks 13th in the NBA. Okay, that's a pretty dramatic difference. If you do back it up 
to December 19th, the Jazz defense ranks 20th in the NBA. Okay, that's pretty interesting because prior to December 18th, if you go back and start us at the beginning of the year and you put us at December 18th, prior to Walker kind of having increased time, I think we rank 25th in the league or 26th in the league defensively. 25th. So prior to December 18th, we rank 25th in the league defensively. Walker starts to increase play on December 19th. We rank 20th in league defensively. Walker starts to start January 10th, and we rank 13th in the NBA defensively. We'll talk more about this during the week because I asked Will Hardy if you could wave a wand of what you want to do defensively this year for the final 30 games, what would it be? It would be better defensively. Okay, well, there's a start. That's, That's a pretty incredible start. Is it all Walker? Probably not. Transition defense has gotten better. They made some other changes in the meantime. It's it's a there's a it would be oversimplified. But let's take a look at some of Walker's statistics to see because the big question was when we threw Walker in the deep end and had him with floaties. Even Will Hardy said in a press conference, "Hey, seventy percent of his minutes have been done against backups." So let's see what happens. So now we have nine games where he started. This is why I chose the nine in which you no longer, at least for the first and third quarters, and probably for the fourth, are not hiding him. He's now playing the other team's starter. It, it The nine games that he started are, okay, again, small sample size. Orlando, not a dominant center. Philadelphia, I think Embiid um, is pretty good, um, except for the fact that... Um, that night, he was only moderate. He only scored 30. Like, oh, he did a great job. Uh, Cleveland, Jared Allen's real. Walker did a great job. Minnesota didn't have Rudy. Zubac's real. Nick Claxton's real. I like Plumlee. Zubac, uh, Nurkic is interesting, and Dallas didn't have a center. Okay, so it's a relatively decent run-through. I'm not trying to diminish anything Walker's doing. I'm just trying to keep us balanced. So here's some, here's some notes on this. In the nine games... For the season, Walker has impact. This is this is mind-boggling, okay? I don't want to like, let's just be perfectly honest. As much as I could try to temper and hold back and this and that, this is mind-boggling. For the season, Walker's impacted six shots inside six feet a game. Since December 9th, so I did 9th just because we didn't play, so I just made sure. He's impacted nine shots a game at the rim. That's Rudy Gobert-esque levels. And I don't like the comparisons to Rudy Gobert, except for the fact he's the best defensive player in the world. And so there's actually some value to using him as a reference point because you all understand and everyone understands what Rudy Gobert is. But if you look at... So he's impacted nine shots a game at the rim. If you go back to Rudy's best defensive year in 2019... In 1920s, when Rudy was at his like peak, that he was impacting, and this is the this is the big question on Rudy right now, is suddenly he's not impacting this many shots. Is this is the kind of Rudy was impacting nine shots a game at his peak. So you go to 1920 and go to Rudy, go find it up. You can look at a defensive dashboard inside six feet on NBA stats, but why do it? Because I'll do it for you. And you'll find that Rudy Gobert. Demata Sabonis was top of the league at nine uh, right now. Like the best in the league is Demata Sabonis, impact Joel Embiid, 8.6, Miles Turner, 8.3. Since 
January 9th or 10th, Walker Kessler's impacting nine shots a game through. Here's Rudy, nineteen twenty, averaged, led the league at 8.3 shots affected at the rim. The next year, 2021, Rudy Gobert was at 8.3. The next year, 21-22, this was the concern, Rudy dropped to 7.2. Nine would lead the league. Now, it doesn't lead the league because of the fact that in that stretch, there are other people that have done this. But that's the level of nine shots. To go from six to nine is incredible. So Walker Kessler is just getting to a tremendous amount of shots. Part two of this, in that stretch, by the way, Jokic is... uh, Jokic is the highest at 11, Sabonis 9, Mobley 9, Claxton 9, Vucevic 9, Kessler 8.9. So nine shots game. Here's the next stretch. Point on this. In that nine games, teams are shooting 14 percentage points below their expected value on those shots. The expected value is 65.6 and it's 51.6. Okay. There's like four guys that are better. Draymond is at 17.7. Miles Turner is at 18.9. Just crazy note if you're a Laker, have a Laker fan. Thomas Bryant, center for the Lakers, is plus 17.7. I don't know how that's humanly possible um, in nine games. Teams are shooting 83% against him at the rim. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year, is at 18.8. And... uh, Bismack Biombo at five shots a game is in this as well. Jared Vanderbilt's actually been really good at the rim recently too. Could be just fortunate. I mean, it's not a lot of shots. So suddenly we have Walker Kessler since he has started. He's now impacting three more shots a game at the rim. And instead of being, he was being great the whole time at 12.5, he's actually gotten better and is at 14.0. That's pretty encouraging for the opening stretch of a youngster with his floaties taken off in the deep end. It's pretty incredible. It's pretty exciting. So like when the Jazz head into this like trade deadline, they have two pieces. And I think they have more, but they have two guaranteed pieces that match with who they are and that they're looking to see how players complement. And in the future, they're going to look and see how players complement Walker's going to have some limitations. Big guys in a league in which it's getting small and versatile and the drop big is difficult to play at times is going to have some difficulties. Rim protection is still the number one key to all defense. And this kid, as a rookie, is going toe-to-toe with the best in the world at rim defense right now. It's incredible. For the season, by the way, we're seven points better when he's on the floor. Four, point, four percentage fewer shots in the rim and they make five percentage points less. I can't break that down since January 10th. Since January 10th, the Jazz have the best rim defense in the entire NBA. Seven points better. So since the Jazz have moved Walker Kessler to the starting lineup, they have the best rim defense in the entire NBA. That to me is pretty exciting. Um, And I think showing some signs and are great signs for where the Jazz are heading. Who are the names being mentioned in the trade rumors and how do they impact the Utah Jazz? Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross, also in Logan. Chevy, 
well, Chevy is Americana. And the Chevy truck, there's nothing quite like the Silverado 2023 Silverado LD. No payments for 90 days right now when you drive it home. The Colorado is the zippier truck. It's kind of fun. Get you out there in that Colorado uh, doing all the kind of truck things that you want to have your truck do. Uh, The Silverado's got a bunch of different models for you. There's a 2022 Colorado that's available right now with a no regrets pricing at 45000 It's a pretty great deal for that Colorado. Also going on at Murdoch Chevy is the great SUV lineup of Chevy cars. Uh, they have uh, kind of, I, I feel in, the Suburban and Tahoe are legendary, but the Equinox Traverse, the Blaze and the Trailblazers are kind of unsung there in the middle of the whole thing. And then if you're looking for an electric car, the Bolt has gotten rave reviews and there is a Silverado electric coming that you can sign up for now. It's all at Murdoch Chevy, located in Woods Cross and Logan. If you're going to stop by, please feel free to give me a buzz and let me set up a meeting for you first. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks with uh, you make a little deposit and you get yes i think you know how this works do you know how this works are you ready to tell me how this works it is a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on prize picks is your daily fantasy game it's easy to play it's fun it gets uh you involved it makes everyone around you it brings the amp up level to the game and it's easy to play you pick two to six players uh you get it um, two to six players can get it done. Uh, do it at the app. You can win up to 25 times your money. No competing against other people, just you against projected ice. I'm telling you every sport imaginable. Cricket, Eurobasket, eSports, or college basketball. All you want to do, safe and fast and easy withdrawals. Download the PrizePix app. Go to prizepix.com. Sign up for your daily fantasy sports. First time users, 100% instant deposit match up to $100. The promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will get you $100. If you deposit $50, $50. $72.50, $72.50. $150, you just get $100 because it's up to $100. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on to sign up for an instant deposit match of $100. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. For your second listen, Locked on sports today. 22 minutes. Everything you need in sports. I also mentioned locked on NBA draft today. It's a decent little thought to start getting into that. All right, let's talk trade deadline. Rumors are flying. My favorite report that came out during the week was that Matt Moore of Action Sports and Locked on Nuggets and Locked on NBA does great work. Really, very unsung great national reporter. That the Hawks new front office is unlikely to trade John Collins. Here was my reaction when I read this. Might be true. Matt's good. That's clearly what someone told him. Um, And the Hawks do have a new front office. Travis Slank is out. This also sounded a lot like a, dang, man, the value for John Collins is depressed in the marketplace right now. And we cannot get what we want for John Collins. So we're going to leak out there nine days before the trade deadline that we're not trading John Collins to see if we can up the value. We're in that stage. We're in that stage where it's hard to tell if anything is truthful or not. Okay? That's really where we are. We've crossed over. It's the Monday before next, the trade deadline comes on the ninth. Now, the crazy thing for the Jazz is that we're just home this whole time. So next Thursday is the trade deadline. We'll be in the air to Toronto when it happens. I believe. 
Um, I don't know our exact itinerary, but that's it's a long all-day flight. So generally, I think there's a good chance of it. So the most interesting report that impacts the Jazz right now is the... So the Jazz, we, we all know it, right? Like there's just a collection of players. We have one at every single position that is being rumored right now. So a little bit of what I kind of find myself doing right now is trying to watch positionally. Like what's out on the market positionally? What's the value? Who are the other options? What's their expense? What's there for the Jazz? I'm 100% convinced of two things about what the Jazz are going to do with the trade deadline. One is I I'm 100% convinced the Jazz will not be orchestrating any type of on-court intention for this year. So in other words, I don't think the Jazz are actually going to go dump players for no value solely for the sake to lose 22 of their final 24 and get the sixth pick of the draft. It's not very hard for us to go get the sixth or seventh pick of the draft at this point. But I don't think we're going to do it. I just, it doesn't, doesn't match the makeup of anything I've seen. There's been no indication of that. Um, And I do understand, like from a Jazz fan standpoint, we're 26 and 26. The Lakers have 27 losses. We could very easily sneak in and be probably, and the Raptors are 23 and 28. If the Raptors move forward, Indiana would be the only other wild card in there. Very easily go get ourselves to the sixth pick of the draft or the sixth slot of the lottery. Like that seems like a super easy thing for us to do and just slide into it. Might be some argument that it's um, that there's some value to it. I think the thing I love about what the Jazz have done, this is a little differently than what I was going to say, is that by being 26 and 26 right now, if they do make a move right now, regardless if they make a move that maybe uh, lessens the talent on the roster at the given time, they're still going to play really important games the rest of the way. Lowry, Walker, Ochai, Colin whomever else needs it, are going to get experience in playing important games with a playoff rush. Like Malik Beasley shared with us post-game that he asked Will Hardy to put the standings up on the locker room wall when you walk into the locker room. When you walk into the Jazz locker room hall, the standings are now taped up on the wall. So you now have guys playing games with the understanding of like this has playoff implications here for the final 30 games of the year that's going to be true regardless of what the jazz do between now and january 9th because of the fact the jazz have actually put themselves in this position which is great so that's that's probably the most singularly exciting thing going on here to me is that regardless of what the jazz do between now and january 9th or february 9th they're not they're going to lowry colin ochai walker Nikhil, Taylor Horton Tucker, the guys you're walking, watching to see what their next steps are in their career are going to play games that are super important. Mike, Jordan, the, Kelly, they've done this stuff before. If they're still on the roster, they've done this stuff before. Malik's been to two players. They, they don't, they're not learning something new. Second thing, I don't think the Jazz are going to orchestrate outcome of games either direction. So in other words, I don't think the Jazz are going to just go dump three players to make sure they get the sixth pick of the draft. And I don't think the Jazz are going to go rent a player for the final 30 games to go make the playoffs either. I just don't think either of those two are going to happen here. Um, What I do think could happen is that you move a player because the value proposition for the future of the franchise is so good that you have to do it. Which also leads to, I don't think you're going to see the Jazz just dump. Like I just, Danny Ainge in his career, there's just no track record of just dumping players for the sake of trying to lose basketball games, you know, 
Portland did it last year, right? They, they, I think they lost 22 of their final 24. That's kind of the reference point I keep going at. So here are the names are being mentioned. And so I'm looking at it from a standpoint of like, what's going on at that positional group and how does it impact the player we have at that positional group and what their value is going to be. So the first positional group is point guard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, nice enough to say he would like a point guard on his roster. Um, there seems to be a little bit of a point guard shuffle about to happen in the NBA. The names that are being mentioned are Fred Van Vliet in Toronto, D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota, Kyle Lowry in Miami, and Mike Conley obviously has been mentioned. I don't, you know, Mike is so much the glue of this roster. But those are the four names that are being mentioned most often right now around the league in what could be somewhat of a point guard shuffle. Um, interesting news in Chicago that Lonzo Ball might not play this year. I don't know how that impacts them, but I think that's a, an interesting uh, news note. Jay Crowder is got to get moved here at some point. The Bucks and the Bulls continue to get mentioned in that. Um, the Jazz do, can the Jazz become a third team in some sort of deal there? Uh, interesting little thing out of Denver this week that Bones Highland is being mentioned. This to me is the first sign that Denver, thirty-four and sixteen, two games ahead of Memphis with the MVP and Jokic, suddenly sees like Calvin Booth sees like, oh, we can win this thing. We might be the best team in the NBA. We can win this thing. Denver's got a real chance to be in the NBA Finals against Boston, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn right now. Denver's maybe better than everyone else, and if they're playing defense, when we look at trends here, if they continue to, that's a great sign for them. Uh, so are they suddenly willing to move Bones Highland? Is there a piece that they need? Their, their depth is not great. They really live by having their starters on the floor all the time. That's a really interesting debate. Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow on an off day. Uh, Jakob Pertle continuing to be mentioned. Celtics keep floating around there. P.J. Washington out of Charlotte is a name that keeps getting floated. Alex Caruso, Chicago being mentioned. Mason Plumley in Charlotte. I think anyone on Charlotte. Gary Trent Jr. along with Fred Van Vliet. OG Ananobi talked about an awful lot uh, when we were in Portland. Josh Hart out of Portland as a trade piece. Kyle Kuzma, Terry Rozier. Those are the those are all the names being floated and talked about and mentioned right now. Terry Rozier probably fits into that point guard mix of Russell, Van Vliet, Lowry, and Rozier as point guard shuffle. Your centers that are being kind of talked about are Plumley and Pirtle. Your wings are hard to find, but your shooters are Trent, Hart, Kuzma. Kuzma is just a big signing in the offseason you got to commit to. Um, so it's, I don't think you're going to see like the landscape changing trade. You're going to see pieces moved, um, at some point here. And I think that's what, that's what will make this trade deadline interesting. All right. Trends Monday. We like to look at them every single Monday. We like to look at trends and see what's going on in the league and who's hot and who's not. And we do that as we continue. Today's edition of Locked on Jazz is brought to you by TurboTax. You know Why? Go to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert who will do them for you. TurboTax experts can relieve you from the stress of taxes and file for you so you can do not taxes. Show your eyes things that are not taxes. Unpack a moving box of not taxes. Taste not taxes. Sing not taxes. Hope not taxes. Sleep through the night. Grab a saddle. Ride not taxes into the sunset. With TurboTax, an expert will do your taxes for you start to finish. Ensure your taxes are done right. Guaranteed. So you can relax. Feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Come to TurboTax and don't do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. Intuit 
TurboTax, full service products, video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Do not do your taxes. Go to TurboTax.com slash guarantees for more details. Locked On NBA gives you the breakdown of the recap with Locked On game with game to game each day. Feel free to grab that. I'm gonna put a little link up for Locked On NBA Draft if you want to add that into your second listen. Uh, it's that time of year. Conference games are going on. I'm gonna start catching Raphael and Sam and Richard and Leaf and getting that as a part of my regular routine so that I'm up to date for you and can embed myself in the draft and be on top of it uh, for you this year. So we'll have fun with that. Uh, Let's do trends. I love trends Monday. We've switched it. We go to the long version of 10 games now rather than than the cleaning the glass two weeks and then we do two weeks second. We've kind of, I think we've gotten better at this. We're improving every day, right? We're all getting better at this show each and every day. All right, let's do it. Last 10 games, the best team in the NBA is the Sacramento Kings. Isn't that crazy? The Sacramento Kings are 7-3, and three, but their differential is a 10.0. This might be part of the reason why you hear people talk about the first 20 games are more important than the last 20 games, and we have the middle day part of the season, the dog days, which make it really hard to evaluate who the best teams in the league are. Because the second best team in the NBA in differential over the last 10 games is the Oklahoma City Thunder. So Sacramento is one. Oklahoma City Thunder is two. These might just be teams playing hard. Denver is three. Milwaukee's four. That's important because Chris Middleton's kind of come back and they are just busting offensively. Keep an eye on Milwaukee. Philadelphia is five. Cleveland's six. Minnesota has clicked in. They've won seven of 10 and they have the seventh best differential in the NBA. Clippers are eight. Celtics are nine. Jazz are 10. Good for the Jazz. Still staying through it. Will Hardy's got them still playing hard. Top t- top offensive teams in the last 10 games. Kings, Clippers, 76ers, Blazers, Raptors, Hawks. Kings are the number one offensive team in the league last 10 games. They've been just incredible. We had that last week too. Clippers, 76ers, Embiid. Did you guys watch Embiid and what he did the other night? That was insane against Denver. That's That was crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. Um, late game watch. Right there. Uh, five Top five defensive teams are Miami, Chicago, Boston, Oklahoma, and Minnesota. So Minnesota may have figured out how to use Rudy here. Their last 10 games, they're the top five defensive team. <clears throat> They've won seven of 10. They're playing well. Keep an eye on it. Teams that can't score right now, New Orleans, who's lost nine of 10, simply can't score. Houston, Indiana, Phoenix, San Antonio, and Miami. Miami just still hovering in this. Miami's won 7 of 10 while not being able to score. That's crazy. Teams not defending San Antonio, Portland, Indiana, New York, Detroit, and Houston. Teams really scuffling here. San Antonio, Indiana, without Tyrese Halliburton. Houston, Pelicans, Detroit, and Charlotte. Pelicans are really on a dive right now. Now, they just got Brandon Ingram back. They hopefully get Zion back recently. But they they're worn out. They've played too many games without their main guys, and they've just worn out. And makes it really interesting. Tomorrow we're going to dig into the standings because I think the next stretch up to the trade deadline is uh, into the uh, All-Star break is fascinating. Um, so we'll look at that tomorrow. All right, over the last two weeks, 
the top teams in the NBA, non-blowout minutes, according to Cleaning the Glass, Milwaukee is one. Philadelphia is two. Cleveland is three. Chicago's four. Washington's five. Utah's six. How about that? Milwaukee being one is super interesting. They've won six of seven. <laughs> Giannis dropped 50 last night. They're back. Cleveland, who I really thought was struggling, didn't look right to me, just continues to defend so well. Um, the top offenses in the NBA over the last two weeks, Philadelphia one, Clippers two. So Sacramento's cooled off a little bit here. Philadelphia one, Clippers two, Milwaukee three, Utah four. So here we've got a show we did a lot a long time ago. Can the Utah Jazz get average defensively? And they've done that since they've added Walker Kessler and the offense hasn't slipped. Makes us a pretty interesting team all of a sudden. Makes us a really interesting team, actually. Philadelphia 1, LA 2, Milwaukee 3, Utah 4, Atlanta 5, Toronto 6. Toronto, our next opponent, 6th offensively. They've struggled all year offensively. Defensively, the top teams right now, Chicago's just way better than everyone else right now defensively over the last two weeks for some reason, only in five games. Then Miami, Phoenix, Boston, Cleveland, and Minnesota again. Teams that cannot score right now, we go back to New Orleans, who's six points worse than any other team in the NBA over the last two weeks. They really just cannot score. Boston is struggling to score also, which is interesting. Like, that's a surprise because that team's great. Charlotte, Miami, Houston, and Indiana again without Tyrese Halliburton and Phoenix without Devin Booker. Teams that are not defending right now, San Antonio, New York, Clippers. Boy, are they in and out. Number two offensively recently, 28th defensively. Earlier this year, they were the flip. Who knows what they are? Indiana and Portland and Atlanta not defending. Teams with the worst differential recently. New Orleans is just a mess. They've lost eight straight. Indiana minus 12. San Antonio minus 12. Then Detroit, Houston, and New York. That's your trends. It's interesting to see the Jazz there. My big takeaway there is, frankly, the Jazz offense holding ground while the defense improves under Walker Kessler's realm as the starting center. Interesting team we have right now. We'll dig into a little bit more of the races, more trade rumors each of the next nine days. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, and thanks so much for being a part of our group and being a part of Locked On Jazz. I thank you so much. It's so fun to have you. Check at the office and see who else is a Locked On Jazz member. If not, tell them to join in and be a part of our group. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.